0: Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo They tell you what they know. Deuce and, Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know.
1: Welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast. Recording this late on a Saturday night after the Kings and the second night of a back-to-back fall just a little short minnesota comes to town they set the tone early they were physical and looked like a stud a star he was phenomenal and the t wolves got whatever they wanted tonight they come to sacramento and all of a sudden minnesota looking like a team that's making a bit of a run trying to get into that top six they come to golden one center and beat the kings 138 to 134 Kings, five-game streak is all over. All over. I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo?
2: Um, I, you know, I'm good. It was, uh, it, the streak had to end at some point. And it's frustrating, though, because it's like when you see a game or a team like Minnesota, you just, you just know. You know the Kings could get the win. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, you got to give them some love for the way that they played tonight, not only knocking down their outside shots, they were slinging the ball around. They looked sharp. They looked good. And Kings, they, they capitalized on what the Kings didn't do in that first half, especially.
1: And the Kings have, I don't think anyone on the roster to guard Anthony Edwards and Anthony in every game he's played against the Kings this year has been outstanding. And I know he didn't reach that 30 point total, But he finished with 27 points. He had eight assists in this game. He had four rebounds. He did on 10 of 20 shooting. I know he missed some stuff late, but he impacted the game. And there were just so many big-time plays by Minnesota tonight from not just their star guys, but from their role players. Their role players played well tonight. I think I was just beyond disappointed with the Kings defense tonight. Second, I have a back-to-back for both teams. T-Wolves have won three in a row now with this win. Transition defense. It's an area for Sacramento that, believe it or not, has actually been good this year. Believe it or not. The Kings came into tonight allowing yeah. 11.5 fast break points a game, which is the number one mark in the NBA. That's wow. the best in the NBA.
2: I didn't realize it was the best in the NBA.
1: Tonight, Minnesota had 21 fast break points. Yeah, they did. And 16 of those, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 16 of those came in the first half. Yeah. The Kings' second unit defense let them down in a major way, and Mike Brown made a mistake of rolling with it for too long. You know, I thought Metu and Davis made far too many mistakes. That's one of the things that Ant got going when you were looking at what the Kings were doing at the end of the first quarter. It was a three-point game with 3.05 to go in the first quarter.
2: It was a three-point game. Yeah. What?
1: And the lineup was Fox, TD, Monk, Lyles, and Metu – TD got caught ball watching, gets sucked in, has his back tur- turned to Ant for some reason, and then they kick it out to him. Late contest, ball fake, boom, drives inside, Ant dunks at home. Then in transition, Ant goes, I'm going to go ahead and t- attack Matt- Metu here, exposes Metu. Then pick and roll, same thing, exposes Metu. Then Fox got stripped, Ant scores. He got going, and then they closed the first quarter in a big way, end up scoring 36 points in that quarter.
2: It, it was, I, I would say it was the way that they were scoring. It's like you said, they exposed the flaws in individuals. They uh, made even the team defense look rattled, look uh, not locked in. Um, rotations, and it's not even about being in rotation, being in that, the right spot because someone is driving in the paint. It was the rotations of not contesting the three ball, right? Like it was uh, the way the, 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 the speed to running out on someone shooting the three or not even being there. You know, it, it was like, they were acting like they were playing a team that wasn't going to shoot the three well. And instead the T wolves finished with, 23s on the squad, and their season high, I believe, is 23 threes, and they did it twice this year. Uh, the only the other team that they had 23s on though was San Antonio. So,
1: yeah, and San Antonio is awful. That's my point. Minnesota ends up score. They end up putting up 138 points. They shot 60 percent from the field. Maureen just mentioned the 20 of 39 from three, just outstanding numbers uh, for the for them tonight and. So it's just disappointing. I just thought in transition, there was no there was no one trying to stop the ball. Yes. How many times they just got out and they just took it to the Kings, whether it was Anthony Edwards, Kyle Anderson. That guy, every time he plays the Kings, I'm like, this guy's a stud. I know the Kings were interested in him last offseason when he was a free agent. He had a huge impact on the game. Kyle Anderson's final numbers tonight. Oh, how about 18 points, nine assists, seven rebounds? I know he's good at that stuff, at getting the ball, getting out and getting in transition but they didn't the the kings put no pressure whatsoever on minnesota it looked like they were just on their heels the whole entire time the length bothered sacramento i thought they got bullied tonight
2: well they got bullied even with the way like you talk about perimeter pressure and not stopping the ball in transition but the amount of times that even if it wasn't in transition it was in a half court offense and the t wolves would get into the paint Great things were happening for the T Wolves when they were getting in the paint, whether they were finding the open man from beyond the arc or just making a little play happen inside or even taking the shot themselves. Good things happening in the paint for the T Wolves tonight. And that's just frustrating because it's, it's, uh, that felt like more of an effort thing or of a, a like, mentally, where where are you locked in, Kings? Why aren't you coming into this one going, they can't go middle on me, or why are we giving them this lane? And the pressure, the intensity, the physicality just wasn't there. And they picked it up in that second half, like we said. But no, 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 my point is because I saw it happen for a little bit in that third quarter to start the third quarter. Like, they're throwing double um, at whatever whoever the guard was at the top and everything, and they looked locked in. They could have been a little tired, too. Not that it was an excuse. Both teams were playing on the second night of a back-to-back.
1: Yeah, and I believe that they, you know, could have been a little tired. Third game and four nights, too. But that's the thing. You, the first, the first, when when people say, oh, man, they were tired. oh, that I, I could understand that if, sure. like, they had a good first half and they faded in the second half. No, they got off to a bad start. And I thought Brown left those guys, the second unit guys, that closed the first quarter poorly. He let them come out and play in that second quarter for the most part. They were the Fox, Monk, HB, Lyles, and Metsu. We saw this the last time the Kings played Minnesota. Trey Lyles, small ball five. After they played Minnesota, I remember being on Night Chat going, that's what they should do, small ball five. I know it's not against every matchup, yeah. but that works because Trey Lyles plays tough. He moves all right. It's not great with every type of matchup, but... Against most fives, I think he could do all right. He can bring them out. He can knock down a three. He'll rebound. I want that guy playing small ball five. We didn't see that until the second half tonight. And then once he got in there in the second half at small by five, what do you know? He was absolutely killing it. I'm like, why did it take that long to get to that? Like, that tweak to me should have been made early second quarter. Let's go ahead and put Lyles in at that spot. Metu was getting wrecked tonight. And Metu... If he doesn't have it, you can't play him. That's it. That, that's all there is well, to it. And,
2: that's what's what's bizarre. You say that? That's Mike Brown's mentality with other individuals. So why isn't that his mentality with Chemezi Metsu? And right? in all
1: fairness, he did play seven minutes. But still, he gets th- the that, opportunity, was, a, that right? was a legitimate run he got in there. Um, so the, he played a significant portion of the game the final 305 of the first and into the second quarter
2: sometimes I like to think of it like Mike Brown is trying to let guys play through it but but I think I'm just telling myself that because of my biases toward Mike Brown and how much I love him because that's not what he does at times I mean look at how many times this season were like why wouldn't you allow Rashawn Holmes to play through why wouldn't you allow Davion Mitchell to play through it or even tonight Keegan Murray not being able I, and not allowing him to play through it
1: Keegan Murray did not take a shot in the first quarter he took his first shot in the second quarter he ends up playing 19 minutes and 58 seconds tonight he did not score he had three rebounds two assists o of two shooting both shots were from beyond the arc he Came out in the third quarter. He ends up only playing 4:48 in the second half. I believe he came out around the seven-minute mark of the third quarter, seven twelve of the third quarter, and did not return. And talk about short leash. With how well Keegan's been playing, I'm very curious as to why mm-hmm. they decided not to put him back in. I think part of it was like, hey, HB's giving us something, and oh wait. We tried Dozier, that worked. work. We went with Kessler-Edwards. Oh, he gave us some good minutes. Let's keep it rolling. We're getting back in the game, and maybe that's why. I just think if you're letting other guys who have not been playing like P.J. Dozier and uh, Kessler-Edwards get in there to try to defend Anthony Edwards. Which I appreciated. I would have liked to see Keegan at least get a shot at him. And I think that was the other thing is, you know, they were using Barnes to defend him a lot. Um, Kessler-Edwards got some run. P.J. Dozier, Terrence Davis, Fox, a couple of possessions. It's just a tough matchup for HB. I mean, Anthony Edwards is 6'4", quick step, explosive, can get any shot he wants. The guy's a star. I mean, you watch him. This is a Minnesota team playing without Cat, and in some regard, you can make the case that they might be better not to rush him back this year. It seems like they have something a little bit with this group, and putting him back in the mix could make it kind of clunky, where Anthony Edwards, dude, That dagger he hit late on Kessler Edwards.
2: Was that the the off the backboard?
1: No. Okay. It was a jumper. That was but...
2: a different one. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. he got a lot of shots. I yeah. Mean, he, uh, he well, had... the one, oh, the one off the backboard was actually on Trey Lyles, and he had Trey Lyles scrambling, mm. Mm. and it wasn't as late as that shot you're talking about, but he was just dribbling around, had Trey going one way, another way, and then pop, shot, boom, hits a little shot off the glass. I mean, there's times, like you're saying, tonight, Deuce, Anthony Edwards obviously looks like a star. His demeanor... um, his body language, just everything about him. And when you do look at the situation with cat, just to talk about that for one more second, you think about ball dominant players and you're usually thinking guards. Cat is someone who needs to have the ball, who needs to do things, demands the ball. And to start this season, it was just a cluster shit. Right. And now you're seeing them find a little bit more of an identity and um, how to utilize guys the right way. And Anthony Edwards is their future.
1: Very Jeremy Lin like, you know? Yeah. You think? Like-
2: yeah, very Jeremy Lin. <laughs> just like, you know, he's got to be consistent longer, but he's good right now. Uh,
1: against Sacramento this year, Shaq he reference. has two 30 point games. I think he scored 33, 34. And then tonight he had 27 against the Kings. And it's just that they don't seemingly have anyone that can defend him. I just think you know, like Keegan was defending Paul George at times last night. Like, yeah, you know, you've put, you've trusted him to try these other guys. And I know that those are different players, but I would have liked to see it. He was clearly searching. Okay. Like he was clearly searching when he's like, all right, Davis didn't work. Dozier. Uh, we gave him a look. Kessler Edwards. I, I just would have tried it. And I also think Keegan has been playing well. He's a good three point shooter. I don't know. I'm just very curious as to why he did not play much at all in the second half.
2: Yeah. Um, maybe we'll get more clarity on that. But yeah, I can't break it down because I don't know what the yeah. shit was going on through Mike Brown's mind.
1: Yeah. And look, I'm not acting like he would have sobbed Anthony Edwards. I'm just talking about throwing different looks. I, I was telling Morgan I would have put Fox on him more, to be honest. But the other thing that Minnesota does a good job of, they, they hunt out those mismatches. Like anytime, like. Oh. They were like, "All right, let's put him in a pick and roll." It seemed like, "All right, we are going to do everything our in our power here to set a screen and another screen, and we're going to get Ant going one on one with a the big."
2: They're smart. Yep. They're just they're they're a smart team. And like I said to start the podcast, the way that they're slinging it around, they just look like a sharp basketball team. It looked good. Um and Fox still looked good tonight, though. Twenty five points for him. I was a little worried though when he was shaking his wrist.
1: Yeah, I thought Minnesota did a great job being physical with him. Jade McDaniels is such a good defensive player. And he actually gave him something offensively, too, finishing with 19 points. But he made life hard for Fox, right? He's got good length. They were physical with him. And that's where I give Minnesota credit. Like, they still gave up 134 points. And this is a team that's, I believe, top 10 in defensive rating right now. But their length, they play physical, they set the tone. And the Fox wasn't getting calls tonight. I Fox did not get called. There are many times I'm watching going, uh, am I? We were texting.
2: We're like, he just got fouled seven times on that
1: play. It was,
2: yeah, it was, you're going to have those games, but I think what, Minnesota did a great job of they set the tone from the beginning this is how physical we're going to be so you're not going to be calling fouls our game this is our identity as a team when it comes to our physicality and deuce you mentioned the Kings scoring over 130 points will z put out a stat the kings have now scored over 130 points for the league leading seven time this year they're the first team to reach 130 points 17 times in a season since the denver nuggets did it in the 88 89 season historic
1: it is historic
2: the year you were born
1: 1988 yeah that was the year you were born
2: uh when were you born 88.
1: Okay. I mean, you were just pointing out I was born there. I mean, you were born in 88, too. I don't know why you're not say that was a year I was born. I don't know why you go. I feel a year like, born. you know
2: what's funny? I feel like whenever 1988 comes up, you, like, have some sort of sense of pride. It's a year of dra- the dragon. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> of course I do. Like, like he's always like, oh, yeah. the great year that Deuce Mason was born. I was just expecting something else. So, I was... He's giving you some love. Like, we were blessed with your presence oh, in 1988.
1: Oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, GG in the chat says, Minnesota just made their shots. Defense has always changed shots. Like, these are professional players. They basically practice being guarded to make tough shots. Look, um, I hear you. And Anthony Edwards made some really tough shots late in this game. I mean, even when he had good defense on him, that's what the great players do. But... I don't think anyone would say tonight, man, you know, Minnesota just knocked down shots tonight. The defense was there. No, I think you could live with that if the defense was in the right spots. I mean, they had that stretch in the fourth quarter where they're making a run. It looked like, okay, the Kings maybe are going to steal this game at some point, right? They cut it to like one, they cut it to three. And how many corner threes did they give up down the stretch? Kyle Anderson hit one, Conley, I think hit two. And they were just so focused on the paint, worried about Gobert. They were leaving the corner and, and like so far off that yes. they weren't even recovering enough. I think the one time they did recover uh, better is when Lyles helped out on Gobert. And he got out and contested Kyle Anderson. He was in rhythm. But Mike Conley like, had, I think, two days to actually shoot that shot. Two days. We should also note that Mike Conley tonight had 24 points. That's a season-high 24 Aye. points. His second 20-point game this season. Aye. So Aye. It, it was too easy. He was 4 of 8 from downtown. And I like Mike Conley. He's a good player. He's been a good player in the lo- for a long time in the league. But the Kings defense wasn't good enough tonight.
2: No, and, and it really goes back to their first-half mistakes, right? And uh, the way that they started this game, it didn't even seem like it was sluggish. It just didn't seem ready- and engaged to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like you said, a lot of games in a few nights, second night of a back to back, not trying to make excuses. I'm more just factoring in everything that went down tonight.
1: So, Jane McDowell's look good. We mentioned slow mo. Uh, I think Gobert had some impactful minutes too. Um, Especially
2: down down the stretch with some of those putbacks and rebounds.
1: Yep. They shot 60%. The Kings, the good tonight, the offense. I mean, the offense keeps you in the games. And I think sure it one exciting aspect from tonight, and you just hope, like, maybe it can move forward, is Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter, Ooh. who has been struggling for a bit. It seems like the last few games, he's starting to find his rhythm again. He had a monster third quarter that got the Kings back into the game, had a nasty step back three. Um, I believe that was on Ant step back three he had an attack at the rim had a mid-range look he had 16 points in the third quarter he finished with 29 points on 11 of 15 six of nine from three
2: dude he had a nice deflection there at the end of the game as well when they were playing when they were really looking locked in and trying to win that game I love the way that Kevin herter was playing out there tonight I think just shooting with so much confidence on a lot of those dribble handoffs. He looked a little bit more like himself in that two man game with Domas Sabonis, And, um, I don't know what brought him, brought it out of him tonight, but hopefully this is something that we can see just on a more consistent basis.
1: Uh, we're getting some comments about the late game stuff. And I think we should talk about this Morgan. Um, I'm trying to think when I wrote this down. The HB3 Ah. is one that we both talked about over text and people in the chat are talking about. Okay, Okay. yes. It is 134-132. Okay. Herder with a steal. Fox misses a shot. They get a second chance. And I thought HB took a really quick three. I feel like he thought he was pretty much open.
2: Nobody really committed to him. So then he like... Fake to pass, and then defender goes, and then he's like.
1: Defender kind of recovered.
2: Kind of recovered, and he was deep and just took it.
1: Yeah, it just felt like the timing. I don't know. I'm like, was that the best shot? And I guess the point you'd make is, well, Harrison Barnes has hit some threes yeah. this year. Yes. lately. He was 3 of 5 tonight. He was shooting with confidence. He had another 20-point game. I just felt like it was rushed. It was like, you didn't need to do that. You know, I don't think you needed the kill shot there. You know what I mean? I think that was going for the home run instead of trying to get a better, a better look, a better opportunity. And I think the other point is we talked about how good Kevin Herter was in the third quarter. Well, he took two shots in the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not okay. Like you got to You got to remain aggressive throughout, stay consistent. Uh, there we can, we can nitpick a lot of these things and, what I love about this, Deuce.
1: Are we nitpicking this too much tonight?
2: A little bit, but this is what I love about it. Because it's been so long since the Kings have <laughs> lost. Like We've been running off of the excitement and the momentum of every game that even when we want to get to the flaws in some of the wins, we, we point them out but we're not nitpicking them in a loss. I think it's fair just to nitpick a little because our expectations are higher and we want this team to be able to execute different things against a team. When I say against a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying this feels like such a winnable game on your home court where, where we need to nitpick so you can get better. Yeah.
1: It might be kind of nitpicky with Barnes there because Uh. Barnes did have like a good offense tonight. And so you know, you don't want him as I guess the be- the best thing would be just don't don't overthink it, just launch the three. It's it seemed like he thought about it, pump faked, then launched it, and get Kevin Herter some more touches.
2: My producer was trying to get me to ask about the uh Deer and Fox fouling Mike Conley with like 15 seconds left. What did you think about that?
1: Weird. I mean okay. Mike Brown's explanation after the game was more like, Hey, like we couldn't really stop anyone. Uh, he said that they debated fouling on the final defensive position, possession, but the final decision was to try to trap a few times and then foul. Quote, there wasn't much confidence in our team to show that, all right, we're going to get a stop here. Mm. I would have liked to try, it, especially in that situation. Yeah. And I, I almost think it was a mistake and maybe he was just trying to cover up for that. I don't know.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. And I, I heard Mike Brown talking a little bit more too, just about the game in our post-game show, and he was talking about rebounding and just, like, telling the guys, just find anybody. I don't give a shit where it is. Just find a body well, when you're trying to rebound against a team like this.
1: Your starting backcourt had two rebounds.
2: Ah. Combined.
1: Oh. Kevin Herter played 32 minutes and did not have a rebound. You know, De'Aaron Fox played 36 minutes, did not have a rebound.
2: And that's not, and that's not like De'Aaron's game. No. You know? No,
1: and... The rebounding was interesting tonight. It's not like they got crushed on the glass. It was 40 to 39. Um, Not a lot of rebounds when teams are making shots like crazy. I mean, we should acknowledge the Kings did shoot 55% from the field tonight. They were 14 of 27. After being 26 of 26 from the line last night against the Clippers, they were 22 of 30. So... You make some free throws. Maybe you win the game, Morgan, Reagan. Well,
2: especially when it was like Sabonis, you know, miss. he was three for five at the free throw line. De'Aaron Fox, five for seven. Um, a lot of guys just, when there's too many guys missing their free throws, it wasn't one guy just missing all of his free throws. It was a lot of guys missing their free throws. Those extra points could make a difference,
3: obviously, in a four-point game.
1: Hey, Mike Brown, what was up to, with the defense tonight, man?
3: If anybody watch that game knows that Sixty percent from the field, fifty-one point three percent from the free throw line, one hundred and thirty-eight points uh, for forty-eight minutes. Tough to win, and um, you know that I sound like a broken record. Record. Uh, the one thing I would say is uh, um, uh, two things. The first one is our guys were down seventeen, and I give them a lot of credit for fighting back, getting back in the game, and giving ourselves a chance down the stretch to get a win. Uh, but those stats that i just read it's gonna be tough to win ball games uh that way night in and night out especially going into a playoff series against any team because all teams that make the playoffs are good teams um there was a bright spot uh kessler edwards i thought um you know throwing getting thrown in the mix and telling him to go guard anthony edwards it's one of the toughest assignments in the league and you're not going to stop a guy like that but uh I thought he did a good job of making them work for his points, you know, and um, that was a bright spot in uh, tonight's game.
1: So the one bright spot he mentioned, Kessler Edwards, who we have not seen a lot at all with the Sacramento Kings. In fact, he before tonight has played a combined 13 minutes since they acquired him. Uh, Those games came on February uh, 14th, right before the deadline. And then right after the all-star break, excuse me, right before the break. And then right after the break, he played just under four minutes in a win against Portland. So Kessler tonight comes in, ends up playing 14 minutes for the Kings. He hit that three Mm -hmm. that kind of kept him in it. He also had three rebounds. What jumped out to you about how he tried to make life a little more challenging for Ant-Man?
2: I thought just the way that he was getting up in him, but also that how many times have we talked about wanting players with length, right? And it's not even about how strong he was, what he was going to do by moving laterally, defensively. It was the way that his long arms, his wingspan helped him disrupt Anthony Edwards game for a little bit and that's what you need especially on long guy long guys in this league you know the Kings are about to play the New Orleans Pelicans mm. coming up on Monday and I'm so scared of that we game. know where bi's shot takes off from high high release and you just need some long arms out there in his face trying to contest that making life harder on the offensive end for him
1: uh in the chat Deborah Oh, I appreciate Deborah being here. What's up? Listen, these guys had a brutal win on Friday. You can't expect a big win because the legs and adrenaline will be hard to maintain. You don't have to criticize every play and nuance. Give me a break. I mean, Deborah isn't wrong. No, like, okay. we're just, but what Wait, we're doing, no, no, Debra, oh. no, no. Deborah, love you. Appreciate it. We're doing a podcast talking about the game, we're just going over what we saw tonight. It's not, we're not trying to make a big deal. I'm not sitting here going, I am worried that this is all falling apart. No, the Kings are still in a great spot right now. They have a chance to be the number two seed. They're scoring a ton of points at an unbelievable rate and they're winning games. Like they just had a five game win streak. And
2: what I'll say too, Deborah, is that obviously, you know, we come on here, we get to celebrate so many times, so many great, fun wins for the Kings and break down a lot of things that they do great. But in some of these losses, it's not about being worried and being disappointed. It's just about, Hey, what could they have done better against this matchup, especially when they have other matchups that might look similar or teams that might have the same type of star power as this team.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think it's you, we do this. We try at least after the win has been so exciting lately, it's been hard, but when we do this podcast, we try to go over the highs and the lows win or lose. And like tonight we've, talked about some highs the offense is undeniably awesome they are elite but if you're talking about raising expectations I don't know if you just heard Mike Brown I mean he's saying the same thing about the defense and Trey Lyles had some strong comments after the game too
4: at the end of the day no matter how tired we were we were terrible defensively um I think they had 76 in the first half Um, coaches talked about it since the break before the break now you know um we're, we can outscore anybody, but we can't stop anybody. So, at the end of the day, if we're going to want to win games like this, we got to, you know, learn how to play defense better or, or give more effort on that end.
1: Is it a weak side defensive thing? And, and
4: uh, it's it's all the way around. You know, uh, it's weak side on ball. Guys are getting blown by. We're fouling too much. They were in the bonus with seven minutes to go in the first quarter, so um, that that tells a lot. Trey, do you take
1: any encouragement from the team, obviously not playing well defensively, but still being able to stay within striking distance and make that a game there towards the end?
4: Um, like I said, you know, we can score with anybody. Uh, we're not worried about our offensive game. Um, it's just defensively, you know, we, we, we shouldn't be in these positions if, if we pick it up defensively. Um, but, you know, that's something that we're going to have to continue to work on to, to take that next step. You guys have seen stretches where defense hasn't looked terrible. Is it a regression? Do you feel like maybe this is just kind of what you guys are and you have to claw out of it? Um, I mean, we've seen it, you know, in spurts throughout the season. You know, uh, first half we're not that good defensively. Second half we pick it up. Or there's some games where we're really good defensively and, you know, we get good wins on that. But it's just something that we got to take pride in and and continue to do for 48 minutes, try to put put together 48-minute games of defense.
1: Yeah, that's the challenge, right? That's the difference. I mean, if you want to be a championship team, you have to defend and get stops. I mean, look, in today's league, though, Like, you're not looking at trying to hold teams to 90 points, right? These, <laughs> these, these teams in the league right now, you're seeing the scoring every night. The Kings are scoring at an unbelievably high rate. They're number one in offensive rating, especially during this five-game winning streak that just came to an end. They were scoring like 136 a game. Mm-hmm. The next closest was at like 124 during that stretch. A lot of teams score, but it's about getting those timely stops. And I think you've seen more positive signs recently, especially that game against the Clippers on the road, where it's like, oh my god, their defense got them back in the game. They got some stops. It's just it's about doing it consistently. And they they just have some roster shortcomings too. That's not that that may prevent them from getting the stops that they want. But the good news is that this offense is so good that they can win them games. Just tonight, you have a bad stretch. You get down 17. It's hard to... You can get back in the game, and they almost did, but... Second night of a back-to-back, being down, trying to claw back and be engaged and be perfect. Takes a lot mentally
2: and oh, physically. Yeah. And, and, it's, and even for Coach, too. You know, you look at some of his rotations tonight and whether you want to question them or say, hey, I wanted this guy to have a longer leash. Maybe he knew something else that we didn't know about a certain individual. Um, it, it's for everybody. You know, I even texted you. I was like, oh, it feels like a different energy in here tonight. Like, it felt like
1: the fans retired everyone's just exhausted from all the games lately
2: honestly like the
1: emotional <laughs> it, roller coaster we've been on it felt
2: different than last night even though it was still loud and i yeah, mean, yeah. the energy was there but i just felt like throughout the game it felt different and i know sometimes it's going to be hard when your team is uh not looking so great at certain points of the game third quarter down by as many as 17 points
1: today's episode is sponsored by nerd wallet smart money podcast Podcast. nerd wallets trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world helping you make smarter decisions with your money.
2: The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year.
1: Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah,
2: because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even?
1: That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do. Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
3: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Uh, but they rallied back, and then, you know, Went into the fourth, only down by three. So, uh, a lot of good things to to look at when you look at them battling adversity. And it's the NBA. There's going to be losses. There's going to be nights that they screw things up. Wait,
1: you're telling me the Kings weren't going to win the rest of their games?
2: Well, I mean, they...
1: I want to go back to Kessler Edwards yes. for a second. Um, do you think his performance tonight will lead to some minutes in the rotation? Or is this just more like, hey... Deuce, yeah.
2: Come on. If you like, I could sit here and tell you what I want to see. Do
1: you want to see him get some more minutes? Cause you would probably have to go. All right. Someone's not playing. Maybe Terrence Davis is back out of the rotation or something like that. Yeah. you
2: know. Yeah. I, I think if you wanted more length out there and you saw what he did defensively against Anthony Edwards, why wouldn't you give him another opportunity? Um, a longer leash, however you want to put it. But Mike Brown, from what we've seen it doesn't matter if you show up and show that you have a good game sometimes he's still not going to just like test the waters with you and he's going to keep things how it is and i'm okay with that because it's the first year you know like he's still trying to find his identity as a head coach again too so um I would like to see Kessler Edwards. Yes, I I enjoy what he provided tonight in the short amount of time uh, and his length out there.
1: Uh, Jake in the chat says, but Trey Lyle still got blown by every time. Well, it wasn't every time, but Minnesota did a great job hunting out mismatches and getting favorable matchups where the Kings had to switch on pick and rolls. And that's something that, you know, they're going to have to look at, right? Because in the playoffs, teams go hunting. Oh. It's a, it's hunt season. All right, who what what matchup are we gonna do? We're gonna get Sabonis in pick and roll. We're gonna get Lyles in pick and roll. We're gonna get Med two and pick. They're gonna be hunting those mismatches. Oh, uh, we want Barnes to be guarding one of our premier wings because he may not have the lateral quickness. Right, that's what happens in the playoffs, and so it's that's all part of the game, man.
2: You saw the way that they were physical with De'Aaron Fox tonight. It's gonna get worse in the postseason. You see times when teams know how to make. Or force Sabonis to go right. It's it's only going to get worse. So yeah, buckle those, up.
1: I, I I know that people say that, and that that one pick a side podcast was like, hey, I mean, you, you, you he.
2: Oh no no, right. it's not it's not like just push him right, and then he doesn't know how to use his right hand. It's teams are going to expose what certain individuals lack, but it doesn't mean that they're going to completely find a way to stop them because that individual can also find a way to alter their game plan. Right. So it's not going to be the end of the world, but at the same time, you're going to see things get tougher is my
0: point.
1: Uh, we have to look ahead to the Kings next game against the Pelicans. We'll talk about a couple more highs, I guess from tonight or any lows. Uh, and then we also need to talk about John Morant. But first we should mention t- tonight's podcast presented by Our buddy Sean Stanfield over at rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. I talked to Sean today, Morgan. Did you? I did.
2: I need to text him back.
1: On my way down to Stockton. I was at Stockton. Oh. Called the Stockton Kings game today at five. Got back to sack. Watched the Kings game.
2: Fun day. That is it. That's a Kings pack day. Yeah, Stockton. They're looking good. Uh, They are
1: now first place in the Western Conference after a win tonight. After outscoring... The Texas Legends like 36-11 in the fourth quarter. So proud. Keon Ellis looking good. Yeah, he is. Anyway, I was talking to Sean, and yeah. Sean is a good guy to talk to if you're looking to purchase a house. Hey, can I even afford to buy you a house? How much does it cost? Is that what people ask? No, I hope you Do don't. Do I have enough money? Well,
2: you can ask Sean like that, and he's still going to answer your questions, and he'll answer... Um, however, you would like him to answer, whether it's text, whether it's phone call, whether it's through a video. We've seen the way that he communicates with different clients and people with just questions. Huge Kings fan, so easy to talk to. So, if you have any of these questions, you guys, reach out to Sean Stanfield today. Well, tomorrow would be nicer, but today
1: you can call or text him nine one six two seven six seven five six three nine one six two seven six seven five six three. You can also go to his website, rate.com slash Sean Stanfield, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval, NMLS ID number 349707, company NMLS ID number 2611, Consumer consumeraccess.org. Thanks so much to our friends at... Guaranteed! Right. Guaranteed! Right. And a guy that Sean has worked with before. They've yes. collaborated. Joey Reagan over at Lion Real Estate. If you're... No. Okay. I can't afford a house. Uh, Well, this guy, Joey Reagan, could help you find your house. You know, Sacramento. He's got yes. a great passion for Sacramento. Oh, so God. if you're looking for a house in the Sacramento area, hit up Joey Reagan over, over at Lion Real Estate. Really easy to work with. What else do you want to say about your brother? I
2: mean, no, it, it's so true. It's just like uh, he's helped so many people and... It's, he's built so many different relationships. So if you're looking to make that type of connection with someone so that even if it's not the right time for you, but you know eventually in the future that you are looking for a certain place, condo, house, it doesn't matter, just hit up Joey. He can help you.
1: That's Joey Reagan at Lion Real Estate, lion dot com. You can also call or text him, 916 412 four five nine two that's license number zero two one two eight zero seven zero appreciate everyone's support of the deuce hey, yo. there you go adam in the chat yes says we cannot lose to the pelicans oh. um yeah i mean you you definitely can if you don't bring it the right way uh, the Pelicans, Morgan, have lost 16 of their last 21 games. Zion mm-hmm. is still out. Mm-hmm. Alvarado is now out. They're struggling in a big-time way. Their offense has struggled, too. The last time the Kings played them, though, was in New Orleans without De'Aaron Fox. They were without Brandon Ingram and Zion, a ton of guys out. And the Pelicans won by 32, right? Trey Murphy was big. Herb Jones was big. CJ could do his thing. They... Kings had major problems in that game. Yeah. You definitely do not want to repeat performance on your home floor. I just hope, just come out and like be ready to go that, get a day off, get rested a little bit. That take was, business. that
2: was one of the ugliest losses of the season in new Orleans. And, um, it was wild because it was the Pelicans that were scoring one thirty six, and the Kings with only one Oh four.
1: Do you have concerns about this game? Um, their length is an issue.
2: I have, I I mean, I have concerns because of obviously Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, but it's, it it would be, it feels like it's the same, the same type of uh, concerns I would have even going into playing a team like Minnesota, right? Where I'm like, Hey, it's a beatable game, but it, it doesn't make this team like a bad team in the NBA when I say that. Like, it's, it's, you, you have to play the way that you're playing so sharp against the Clippers or, um, in some of these other special wins that we have seen. The Kings just have to come out on that level. And it's wild to think about, too, that the rest of these games these season, this season, like, so very important to just keep building that cushion, especially against teams like the Pelicans.
1: Yeah, the Pelicans have played, after coming to Sacramento, 7 of 8 on the road. This will be a final stop of a three-game road trip for them. They played Friday night against the Golden State Warriors, losing 108 to 99. Mm. They only mm. scored 99 points. Yeah. Yikes. Ah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... This, this is the NBA, man. Like, if you don't come ready to go, you can lose that game. And then you, you start getting a little concerned, right? But that's the thing. You, you get a day off. The Kings are better than the Pelicans. Just win that game at home, and you're fine.
2: Ooh, just like that? Yeah.
1: I'm, no, ta- I'm not worried. It's scary because it's like, oh, my God, if you lose. But it's like, yeah, or you win. And then you get ready for a big national TV game on TNT against the New York Knicks, who are unbelievably hot right now. Yeah,
2: what the shit, man? Why um, Why they got to be hot right now?
1: Yeah. Anything else jump out to you about tonight's game? Now the Kings are thirty-seven and twenty-six.
2: Nope, just all the flaws we pointed out tonight. Get over any it. other positives. Rich oh. and
1: Herder, Kessler, Edwards had some nice moments. De'Aaron Fox. with
2: a twenty-five point game, but his uh, eight-game streak of thirty-plus points ends tonight. Mm. Oh my God, terrible. Oh, Domas just looked like a beast at times out there, and I appreciate that. Just I, I think sometimes like. We him and even Harrison Barnes, 20 points when they're quiet like they are. We look at all the flaws in a loss, but I also do believe when you look at the way that they were still executing other things at a high level, you got to give some love there.
1: So bonus of 24 points, 14 rebounds, five dimes tonight. You try to play physical with Gobert when Adam yeah. wasn't afraid of it. Yeah.
2: Going through him into his chest. I appreciated
1: it. Got a couple other guys real fast on Minnesota. Nas Reed. I know he's in foul trouble. His threes, though. Like, some threes. Too easy. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. 16 points, five assists, no turnovers off the bench. Yeah. All right. right. You move on to the next one. You move on to the next one. Oh, wait. Oh, we already mentioned that, too.
2: What? We already talked about that. Fast break points. Duh. We mentioned that in the start of the podcast. I was just looking at to point out something else that was bad in my
1: mind. In the chat, um, All-Stars says second chance points killed the Kings. It was 16-10 Kings in second chance points. But, yeah, I mean, you don't want to give up second chance points, that's for sure. We got to talk about John Morant, Morgan Reagan. This Um, whole
2: thing is so weird. It's weird for so many different reasons.
1: Yeah, I just... John Morant is one of the most exciting players in the NBA. And there's been a rash of stories recently about him of like punching a 17 year old after a basketball game. An issue with some people and his mom at a mall involving a security guard. The Pacers um, game. The Pacers where like someone thought there was a laser being pointed could have been a gun. And then last night they lost to the Nuggets in Denver. They got their asses kicked mm-hmm. in Denver. He goes on IG Live, and he's out and about partying, which, okay, you're a young guy, man. Sure, do you? Probably not the best look to do that, but it's whatever. Do you? And he flashes what appears to be a guy. Yes. Um, It it did not take long. The league Once that was put out this morning, the league was like, yeah, we're looking into this. And then later, the Grizzlies put out a statement saying, oh, he's going to be gone for a couple of games. And then Woj and others get a statement from John Morant where he – Puts out an apology that was pretty interesting, I thought. Statement says, I take full responsibility for my actions last night. I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire Grizzlies organization for letting you down. He went on to say, I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. You know, you just hope for Jaws' sake, that, like, just get right, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, if there is a reason that you're going out and doing stuff like this and this type of behavior, you gotta look in the mirror. You gotta look at the people you are surrounding yourself with and understand what you have. You have so much good. You've got a daughter. Um, You've got an amazing career. You're such a talented player. Mm -hmm. You're on a fun team yeah like don't blow this by doing dumb things and I just hope he can learn I hope this is like the low point for him where it's like he's waking up and he's realizing like let's go and people are well what why is he doing this blah 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 he comes from a great family and I I hate when I hear that I hate when I hear that because I, I could tell you and I'm sure many people who listen to us You know this, Morgan. You've been around people who can come from a great family, a stable environment, and everything's taken care of. They've got no worries. Breaking news, you can still have problems. You know, I had a friend in high school who, great, stable life, had almost everything that I could have wanted as a child. Like, I didn't get, get, right? He had, he played sports, no issues with money or anything. Then he gets caught up in the wrong crowd. Starts doing dumb stuff. Gets on drugs. Ends up. In prison, actually, the same prison as my dad. Yep, there you go. So, you just get caught up in the wrong thing, things can go bad for people. And I just hope that Ja, he's 23 years old, just clean it up, man. Well,
2: and I think the reason why we really obviously just when you look at humanity and you have empathy for people, you're like, yeah, you want him, you just want him to clean it up. But when you look at it just as a basketball fan, when there's a player as special as Ja Morant, you don't want this to be the thing that screws with his career. And then we talk about his career and go, oh, what if, what if he could have been if he'd only hung out with the right people and been surrounded himself with the right people. I hate when that's the case. And so I really hope that, He is taking this seriously, like his statement that he put out there and is getting the proper help. I mean, whether it is therapy, whether it's just setting boundaries and disconnecting yourself with certain people because he's good for the league.
1: Something I have not heard is Jalen Rose had something to say Mm. about um, John Morant tonight on uh, ABC.
0: Like, you guys have got a chance to see me grow up for public consumption since 1991. And I've been involved in drug raids. I've survived assassination attempts. I've been that undisciplined young person that was trying to figure out how to be famous, how to be successful, Mm. and how to change the dynamics of my family. The one thing that young people have to understand, and in John Morant's case, when you first get drafted, you go from being a member of the family, a member of the crew, to being the leader, to being the breadwinner. And first and foremost, I hear a lot of people talking about like his family and his crew. When you're the leader, it's on you. Because you end up searching that lifestyle. You end up wanting to be down. And what I had to learn is that people come into your life for four reasons to add, subtract, multiply or divide. You have to choose wisely. He has way too much to lose. Trust me, I've been that young player carrying a gun and will Bond alluded to this. When you start waving it, that could get you killed. That that ain't that's that's a that's an entirely different thing than we're talking about a superstar athlete should be putting themselves in position. And as Stephen A. mentioned, that's him on the video, on his IG Live. Ain't nobody coaxing him. Ain't nobody nobody egging him on to do that. That's a personal choice. And a lot of times, guys, as I mentioned, fame can be a drug. And I don't know what type of pain that he deals with and type of anxiety that he has. Or what types of substances that he may be using, and I'm glad in this statement that he owned that I need to make changes for me, because as the leader, as the breadwinner, you control the environment, the people that are around you, you select, and a lot of times, unfortunately, and Will Bond alluded to this also, when we start to get fame, when we start to get money, then we try to feel like we're keeping it real. Like, we're trying to be down now. We're trying to be tough now. We're trying to be hard now. But you made it. And once you make it, your job is to uplift, to enlighten. And I'm glad this actually happened at this point of his life. He's a 23-year-old young man. Mm -hmm. Nobody got arrested. Nobody got injured. And I'm hearing too many stories about pistols, okay, allegedly with the 17-year-old kid, allegedly with the Indiana Pacer staff. Last night on IG Live, I saw the video like you guys did, brandishing the gun. The next step to that is now recovery. And I believe that he's on that path. I'm happy that he's on that path. He's going to return, and he's going to be a better person. And because of all of this taking place, he's now going to be able to live his full potential.
1: Well said, Jalen Rose. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, it's. I think
1: sometimes with sports narratives, when we start talking about stories, like it's just immediately like, "Oh, let's shit on this guy. How stupid can you be? Why would you ever do that? You got blah blah." It's like, dude, he's a twenty-three year old. I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying. I try to understand. I'm trying to get that and what Jalen Rose is just talking about. You see it, and you just, like he said, and I just said too, I'm glad this is happening to him now. And and,
2: and not in a situation where anyone got hurt or anything else. It's like It's like, well, oh, before it gets bad.
1: And I don't know how long he's going to be out for, right? The yeah. two games was put out there by the Grizzlies, but that statement, I don't know, that seemed almost indefinite. Sure. Whatever it is, if you want to bring it back to the basketball floor, he's the best player on that team, and he let his team down as a leader. His actions are distracting from what they're trying to accomplish. They're trying to win a championship this year. They're trying to be that team. They do a lot of talking about being that team, that they're not worried about anybody in the West. Well, you just lose to the Nuggets last night, and then you, all this, these stories are coming out. You know, it's It's just a really bad look, and I just hope that he can... Bounce back from this, learn from this, and just be better.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm absolutely with you on that. Um, whether you like him or not, he's good for the NBA, and it's it's interesting to think about coming off of last year yeah. and the narrative around him as this fun. He dances and he got the most improved player award and then he gives it to his teammate desmond bain because he's that type of teammate and be that type of teammate don't let all the cockiness and everything else get to your head like it has this season to that entire squad they gotta rethink shit
1: fame can do weird things man attention money Mm -hmm. all that stuff and like Jalen said it's not too late for him to Go in the right direction. We'll see what the league does too, right? Yeah. We'll see how the league handles this, but it's just not that there's any good time for stuff like this to happen to somebody, but this is a bad time for the Grizzlies in their pursuit of a championship. It's distracting. It's all of that, but you could also use it as a wake-up call, a moment to rally together and who knows?
2: Well, and that's the other side of things, Deuce, because- in the wake of all of this drama going on around Ja Morant, you have Dylan Brooks suspended after getting his 16th technical. You have Brandon Clark.
1: That's sad. And his
2: Achilles injury. Just, I mean, sending him so much love and, and just healing vibes. It's a huge, I just, I feel bad for someone. Like I, I think he is a fun young player to watch and it. And it sucks to see him go down with such a massive injury. Um, but you look at all these things that are happening to the Grizzlies right now and now talking from a basketball standpoint, the Western Conference, oh, shit.
4: Yep, like, yep. that
2: is one more spot that the Kings are now, and not only the Kings, other teams, Phoenix. are going to crawl and try and take and capitalize on John Morant's situation and Brandon Clark and even Dylan Brooke being suspended and Dylan Brooke having a down year. Brooke.
1: And, yeah, I know why you call him Brooke. I'm
2: like, why are, why isn't the yes coming out?
1: Also one other note NBA wise tonight. I, I can't wait to go back and see what went down in this game because it was a classic game, I guess, between the, the Sixers and the Bucks. Ooh. Um, the Sixers were down 18 in this game and they came back and they beat the Bucks, ending their 16 game winning streak. Listen to some of these numbers. 34-13 from Giannis on 9 of 21. Brooke Lopez at 26. Grayson Allen had 20. Holiday at 26 and 13. On the other side, Harden with 38. Maxi with 26. 31 and 10 for Embiid. You
2: look at those free throws for DeCumpo. 16 of
1: 18.
0: Wow.
2: Wow. It's a lot. I mean... <laughs> that,
1: that, that was a good bounce back for uh, the Sixers. Oh,
2: man. Yeah. No. I, um, good for them, and I was wondering who was going to be that team that finally knocked off the Milwaukee Bucks. And it doesn't matter. It's not even like national media was covering the Milwaukee Bucks and their 16 No, no game one cared. If they
1: win 16 in a row, more people will talk about the Sixers beating the Bucks yes. than they will be talking about the 16-game win streak and how Giannis has been playing. And
2: how incredible it was and celebrate them in the game and... We'll go back to talking about LeBron James being out for a couple more weeks.
1: Let's do a quick standings update, Morgan. I want to see where the Kings uh, stand tonight. Uh, So after the loss, Kings are still in the third spot. They are a game and a half behind Memphis. And Memphis, as Morgan was just talking about, lost Brandon Clark. Dylan Brooks is not playing uh, in their next game. And then John Morant, too. So we'll see. Kings could have an opportunity here. The Suns in the fourth spot. They are. Just behind Sacramento. Two and a half back. The Golden State Warriors are surging. They get Steph Curry back tomorrow, by the way. Okay. They have won five in a row. They're in the fifth spot. Dallas in sixth. Minnesota jumped up. They are in seventh now. They have a one-game lead on the Clippers in eighth. And you got Utah and New Orleans it, wrapping up the, te- the top ten.
2: Looking at Golden State, I, I would say that is one of the um, crazier stories to me. And just like yeah. their ability to. And this is like, I say it. Far too much. I say it. Oh, it's tough to count them out when they got Steph Curry and they have the system they have. Steph Curry hasn't even been playing and they have found a way to just fight through adversity and pull out these wins. They
1: beat Minnesota. They beat Portland. They beat the Clippers. They just beat New Orleans the other night, but they're doing this also without Steph. And that's why it's (sighs) significant is all of a sudden a group that hasn't had Curry, we know what he can do. They're getting other contributions. I mean, you look at what Clay Thompson has Ooh. put together. I think, I don't think the league does come back player of the year anymore in the NBA. And I know it's not technically, I know it's his like second year back. Yeah. But Clay's bounce back, dude, it's been pretty remarkable what yeah. he's doing.
2: He's working his ass off too to get there.
1: Look at what he's done in January, averaged 27 a game, February 25, and two games in March, 23. Guy, everyone wants to say he was done. He's still finding ways to help his team win. I think that's cool.
2: Yeah. Um, it's kind of annoying that it's like, oh, a great story, and it's coming from Golden State. And you still there's something about Golden State that you still really like, even after all the Draymond and Jordan Poole getting punched in the face drama. It's um they never die. They never die.
1: Also, tomorrow in the NBA, someone in the chat just mentioned this. Who was that? I want to give them love for it. Uh, Adam, we get Suns Mavs tomorrow. So we get Warriors-Lakers. That's a twelve thirty game. But at 10 a.m. on ABC, Suns Mavs. You get KD against Luka and Kyrie.
2: That's going to be a fun game. That will be that's a fun be game. Really what time is that game. at?
1: That's at 10 a.m. Then you got Warriors-Lakers after that okay. and Steph's return. I don't know how much I really care. I could skip that game. But Suns Mavs is uh, you wake up and watch that game. I'm cool with that. And then you got AEW tomorrow night.
2: Wake up, take a vitamin, go watch the <laughs> 10 a.m. game, watch some A-dub at night.
1: Yes, I yes. like it. I like it. Yeah, Gregory, you're right. Kaminga is looking a lot better. Um, it just I felt like Kerr didn't trust him enough last year, especially in the playoffs. And yeah, now he's starting to string it together. He's an interesting prospect. Like also Jonathan Kaminga, he's young. Like. <laughs> it's he's 20 years old i mean he's got what you want he's got the size he has the ability to defend i want to bring up his his last games here so his last four games he had 13 points five rebounds wow off uh in 27 minutes. And he had 16 points on 8 of 10. He had 19 points, 7 rebounds on 7 of 12. In last game against the Pelicans, he had 19 points and 7 rebounds.
2: And they're winning those games. They're winning those games. That's impressive. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, I, he's getting that opportunity, obviously, due to injuries and due to what the season has been, and good for him.
1: Morgan, how are you going to spend um, your day off besides watching some basketball and a vitamin?
2: Um, you, you hear, like, still I have the stuffiness. Yeah, guess
1: what? You can't blame the fog tonight. Can't blame the fog tonight because the fog wasn't on. So we can go ahead and move on from that.
2: You know many people came up to me at the game and, and were like, oh, you got to watch out for that fog and don't let Deuce do the fog again. I thought it was so, super cute that people were worried about me. <laughs> so worried. Um, I, I'm not going to run an errand. I am not, I'm probably not going to move. I don't think I'm going to move. I'm going to make sure I have everything in place for like, just to put on some like facial shit on my face and just like lay there and not move.
1: Yeah. That, that sounds nice. That sounds amazing. Nice. Lazy day. Nice. Lazy. Is day. that what you're going to do? Yeah. I'm going to watch some AEW tomorrow too. AEW revolution tomorrow night. I'm going to be at AEW on Wednesday.
2: AEW. eat up. I know. Isn't it weird? I'm not going with you.
1: Yeah, it is. Especially with the seat I have.
2: I know, dude.
1: My guy, Devon.
2: I'm so tired. I'm glad Devon, you and Devon get to go together. That's cool.
1: There's a reason they call me Mr. Ringside.
2: Oh, is that what they call?
1: If I go to a wrestling event. That feels very elitist. I am. Yeah, it is. It is.
2: But how many ringside tickets have you ever paid for?
1: Well, one. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry that I build relationships. What a dick. I, you don't think I deserve it, Morgan? No,
2: I do. I do. I think your wrestling fandom and what you didn't get to like, you know, um experience as a young wrestling fan. You, you totally know what's deserve really it. funny
1: about the end of this. I could you so need to just like get some rest.
2: Really, can you hear it hurts? No, it just
1: seems like it's a struggle for you. Your pace, you're playing like um it's a second. I have a back to back third My game pace. in four nights. Yeah, your pace is a little slow at the end.
2: It's okay. I disagree. I feel like your pace to start the podcast was slow, so I was like, Mm-mm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pump it up, and then I'm like, oh, I'll meet his tone. You, can we,
1: in a way, blame Deborah?
2: Yes, Deborah.
1: Deborah. <laughs> ever since Deborah was like, you guys are being too harsh and stop breaking down the game so much. That's that. I think that's what messed messed Morgan up.
2: Mess me yeah. up. Yeah, okay. Okay, you're an <laughs> idiot. You're so stupid. No, it, I mean, it's a Saturday night. I gave a lot of energy last night to the win, to the post-game show, and then to the podcast. And it was just like, oh, and didn't we have a daily show? Yesterday was Friday. Yes, we did. Oh, God. Far too much.
1: Monday through Friday. No. Monday through Friday. No. No, no. Too um, much. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out. Means the world, especially after a loss on a Saturday yeah. night. You guys are literally the best. If you haven't, hit the thumbs up button. Make sure to subscribe as well. It just helps our channel grow. And we want to keep putting out a ton of content. I should mention that I missed a super chat from earlier. Uh, shout out to Jonah from Australia. I feel like Minnesota had better ball movement than they usually do. And were dominating when slow-mo was on the court. Okay. Well, appreciate that, Jonah. Thanks yeah. for the donation. You're right. Thanks, dude. Sorry, just got to the, at the end of the show. My bad. Uh, we love you guys so, 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 so much. But we got to go.
2: You all have a wonderful rest of your night. Thank you so much for being here.
1: See ya.
0: Deuce and mo, Deuce and Moe. Deuce and Moe. They tell you what they know.
2: Deuce and mo, Deuce and Moe. Deuce and Moe.